And I don't know, it's like putting it Faith, isn't this how it always happens? You spend 57 years in a hypersleep after defeating a no-good bitch and murder an alien, only to find out that the no-good bitch and corporation you work for blames you for destroying their space freighter, and to add insult to injury, they want you to go back to planet LV-426 to deal with a whole nest of these no-good bitch and murder and aliens? That was literally my 2020. Mine too. Do you know what's worse than that? Passing a sideways poop? That's pretty bad, but I was thinking about how no good some bench and murder and machines send cyborg killers back in time to kill not only you, but your son, who is going to be the messiah the human race needs to push back the rise of the machines. Can you say that like Arnold? Oh, I don't know if I can. Can you? <laughs> the rise of the machines. It's better than what I would do. <laughs> Welcome to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan and with me, as always, is my alien queen of a co-host, Faith. Say hi, Faith. Hi, Faith. And a big hello to all of the spooks, specters, ghosts, goblins, cyborgs, and aliens that may be tuning into the show or here in the studio with us. We would especially like to welcome all of the ladies tuning in tonight. Today is March 29th, 2021, and do you know what March 2021 is, Faith? It's Women's History Month. And what better way to celebrate Women's History Month and show our support for females across the globe than by pitting two ladies against one another in an effort to determine who is more womaner? Is that is that what we're going with? Womaner? Sure. I can't define irony, but I know it when I see it. We have two iconic actresses in their signature roles tonight and two absolutely amazing films on the slab for post-mortem. Faith, what is up first? From director James Cameron, we have the 1986 sequel to Alien, Aliens. That's aliens, plural, because as you might have guessed it, there's more than one in this movie. No false advertising on that movie poster. Sigourney Weaver returns as Ripley in an Oscar-nominated performance alongside some wonderful supporting performances and a whole lot of no-good some-bitchin'-murderin' aliens. In one corner, we have Sigourney Weaver as Ripley. What is the second film on the slab? Also from director James Cameron, we have the 1991 sequel to The Terminator, Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Linda Hamilton returns as Sarah Connor, looking almost as chiseled as her co-star, the one and only Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's back, but this time he's a good guy, and they're going to have to join forces against Robert Patrick's no-good, bitchin' murdering cyborg killer if they want to live. Two iconic actresses in two iconic roles and two iconic films from one iconic director. Tonight, we will be scoring the films in only two categories. Overall film, pretty self-explanatory. And in the category, I am woman, hear me roar, we will spotlight our two badass female protagonists. In lieu of stars, tonight, we will be awarding the movies and actresses. I'm thinking, Faith, what do you think? Hmm. I say we award the movies the iconic We Can Do It poster. I like it. I think we can do it. We would also like to add that we are going to assume that you have all seen these movies. I mean, they are classics. So to keep the show at a reasonable length, we are not going to do a lot of background and get right into the reviews. 
Talking about movies is fun, isn't it, Faith? It's even more fun talking about them with a friend. We're so glad all of you are here with us. We're going to take a short pause for a coffee cause, but when we get back, get ready for Aliens and Terminator 2 Judgment Day right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am strong. Are you invincible? I am woman. Hear me roar. (laughs) He's Dan. I am Faith. We'll see you on the other side. I am strong. It's 12.01, The Witching Hour. You're listening to WKMF, Cozy Corner Public Radio. You are cleared for departure. Your destination, the late night fright. Commencing transmission in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Welcome back to the Late Night Fright, right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan. And I am Faith. Let's get right into it. 1986's Aliens from writer-director James Cameron. Sigourney Weaver is back as Ripley. She has a first name this time. Yes, she does. A very quick synopsis. 57 years after the original, Ripley wakes up from her hyper, uh, hyper sleep when she is discovered by a salvage crew. The company, Wayland yutani blames her for the destruction of the Nostromo, and they send her back out to the colony on that planet way out because, well, they she owes them, apparently. The space marines, or colonial marines, whatever they are, go with her, and they encounter a whole bunch of no-good murder and some bitchin' aliens. That's about the long and short of it, isn't it? (laughs) Yes. Along the way, she makes a new friend in the character of Newt, and makes another friend in the character of Dwayne Hicks, played by Michael Bean. We really like Michael Bean on this show. The cast is really wonderful. It includes Bill Paxton, the late, great (laughs) Bill Paxton, as Hudson, who has the best lines in the movie we have carrie hen playing newt we have paul riser comedian paul riser <laughs> playing carter burke the real villain of this lance henrickson one and only lance henrickson playing bishop the android and also i uh, feel like uh jeanette goldstein she's mm-hmm. a running theme tonight we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna talk about the running themes here in just a second wonderful cast what do you think of the cast? I, I, oh, I, I think everybody's on point. So uh, what we're going to do tonight, we're going to talk about the movie. We're not going to award uh, our ratings until the very end. So, mm-hmm. uh, But we do want to talk about the movies, but we're especially going to focus in the next section on our two heroes. And I think we have some good women tonight. I think so. You think so. <laughs> uh, Faith, what did you think of Aliens? So let, let's recap a little about Alien because... Yes, we do need to talk about that because... <laughs> Because I'm a special would you person. Like, would you like me to do it? <laughs> sure. Faith, uh, first off, if you have not listened to that show, please check out that show. It's available in our back catalog, wherever uh, podcasts are found. Uh, Alien is highly regarded as one of the greatest films ever made in any genre. It's also regarded as one of the greatest horror films, greatest science fiction films, greatest thrillers, all of that jazz. Uh 
uh, really established both Sigourney Weaver and Ridley Scott and the world's a better place, as we've said, for having both of them in it. Uh, gave us the great Xenomorph design from H.R. Giger. And, uh, well, Faith, uh, it's not her favorite movie. <laughs> no, it's not. And again, I can respect all of the great things in it because there are so many great things. It just doesn't speak to me, but this movie spoke to me. <laughs> and I want to give you credit again because you do say that you, even though the elements don't add up to that perfect movie-going mm-hmm. experience for you, you do see how great that movie oh, is it. and appreciate all of all the things in it. So it's not that you didn't like the movie. It's just that it doesn't land like it does for a lot of other people the way that this one right. landed for you. This, I, th- I think watching this movie, I feel like I guess I thrive off of more action and more go, go, go. There's you know? nothing wrong with that. No. And, and I just, this one really kept me on the edge of my seat. I feel like the suspense was really good and there's just a lot going on and I didn't want it to end. I really enjoyed it. Let's get this out of the way. Um, Aliens is very unique. It's a sequel that was made at a time when they weren't really making too many sequels because Mm -hmm. the conventional wisdom at the time was that a sequel was going to cost two times the original and was only going to make half Mm -hmm. of the original. That was a conventional wisdom. Uh, Exceptions, of course. There are exceptions to every rule. Uh, The Godfather Part (laughs) 2, Superman 2, the whole Star Wars trilogy. Okay. So it's not that they weren't making sequels, but something like this, you know, establishing a franchise like this. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't something that was done very often. James Cameron got this gig off of the strength of the Terminator. You're going to recognize a lot of the faces from the Terminator, Lance Henriksen and Michael Bean being uh, two that he brought over Mm -hmm. with him from uh, from the Terminator. But he got this gig on the strength of that. And when they were developing the sequel, there were some legal hassles. Because of who owned the property, uh, you know, you know, legal ease and all that. (laughs) And uh, they got that straightened out and they, they, Ridley Scott didn't want to do it. He thought it was a one and done. And Cameron came in and I got this story from uh, my screenwriting professor who who knew or knows Gail Ann Hurd, who uh, was Cameron's partner at this time and producer of this film. And his pitch was he walked in and he he wrote alien on a a chalkboard or something like this. Then he put the S at the end, and everybody goes, oh. And then he turned that S into a dollar sign. Everybody went, oh, yes. And thus, that's how. And there you go. There you go. (laughs) What I like about this movie is uh, I have a very high respect for Alien. I have a very high respect for Ridley Scott. Uh, I've heard it compared. This is the best analogy I've heard. The original 1979 film is a Baroque chamber piece. You know, just uh, like a string quartet. Mm-hmm. This is a full-blown symphony. Variation on the theme. I think that's the perfect that's analogy really good, yeah. for, for these. Uh, the posters for both movies are excellent. Uh, the tagline on the original is, is famous in space. No one can hear you scream. This poster nails it and I think sums it up. This time it's war. Okay. <laughs> okay. So there's no false advertising on the, on, no. on the poster for this. What I like about this as a sequel is it it takes the original idea and it takes the things that you liked in that first movie and it expands upon that world and the mythos. But what James Cameron does so well in both movies tonight is he, uh, he gets even deeper into the character development. And Mm -hmm. I feel like this is the movie where this franchise really becomes Sigourney Weaver's franchise. Oh yeah. 
you know. Yeah. And you can see it in the first movie because she survives that. But here mm-hmm. she's an established actress at this point. And she got a best Oscar nomination out of this. Out of this, it's first time uh, anyone in any, well, a female. I'm sorry, because Alec Guinness had been nominated for Star Wars. But in a science fiction film like this, uh, an actress had been nominated oh, wow. for for lead actress uh, Oscar. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is awesome. And I want to talk uh, very quickly, if I may, about both films tonight, uh, getting that out there. I, I have this idea that these are the same films. <laughs> So I can see that. So here we go. Uh, some of the similarities that okay. the, uh, T2 and Aliens share. Uh, they share a writer director. There's a strong female protagonist. They're both road movies. You're going mm-hmm. on a road trip with uh, with our characters. Uh, both uh, strong female protagonists have to confront fear. There's the theme of PTSD. There's a motherhood theme. There's the establishment of a family unit. There's a strong male protector. There's an unstoppable villain. They're both sequels to films that really kind of fall under the slasher category, even though they're not lumped in with the slasher films. Uh, Each is more emotional than its predecessor. Our main heroine learns to accept artificial intelligence. Uh, Jeanette Goldstein is in both (laughs) movies, and they are considered landmarks in both visuals and acting. So, yeah, I think you nailed that. <laughs> so there's a lot of similarities between these movies. Yeah. I'm with you on it. Uh, I think this movie is damn near perfect. I think so. It's damn near perfect. <laughs> um, before we get too far into this review of Aliens, what do, you, what do you think about it compared to the first one? Uh, the, way, the, the road that they take on this, you know, as opposed to just doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. No, I really like the story. I like the way it starts. I like that it kind of, it builds up to, it's not just kind of a playoff of what last you know where we left off or something i don't know i feel like they did a really good job to kind of put us into where we were headed i like i like what he did with ripley i like that he he literally pulls her out of time right i like that this is a woman who has nowhere to go mm-hmm. and uh the themes in this movie because this movie really does deal with the vietnam war in a way uh, you know, science fiction is great because you can deal with things in that way. And this movie does deal with that. That is that is mm-hmm. a theme. PTSD. The, these poor guys that were coming back from Vietnam. And this is around the time uh, this came out. This was filmed in 85. So you can assume it was written in 84, 85. Mm-hmm. Filmed in 85, released in 86. But it was really uh, first blood with Sylvester Stallone and Magnum P.I. on television that were some of the first kind of mainstream uh, entertainment pieces that were dealing with the fallout, uh, the personal fallout for these men coming back from Vietnam. And the PTSD is a theme that runs through here with Ripley. Ripley is like a, is, is someone that's having flashbacks and rightfully so, because it was a pretty awful situation that she found herself in, in that first movie. Uh, They, he, Cameron carries over the corporatism, Mm -hmm. the corporate greed, uh, we talk about it a little bit in the Alien show, and I'm, I want to shine a light on that again. Uh, I said the most vile thing in that movie is not the creature. The creature is doing what the creature does. Mm-hmm. You can't fault the creature for survival mechanism kicking right. in and it doing what it does. Exactly. Okay, um, you should defend yourself from it, but <laughs> but uh, it's it's it, you know that's it's natural. That's it's like going into the jungle, and if you encounter right. a predator, you're you know. So, 
it's it is the antagonist and is a villain but the real villain in that piece to me is the company the company that sent out ripley and her people the space truckers to investigate that signal on the planet and knowing that they were going to find something maybe not so nice and and uh they're expendable and it just goes to show that the powers that be in this world don't care about me or faith or you out there listening i'm yep. sorry if that's a if that <laughs> breaks your world <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's the truth. But it's true. It's truth. And just look around, open your eyes. You don't even have to do much research. Pick up a newspaper. You'll see it. Uh, they don't care about me or you, no matter what they say. So I love that he pulls that theme into Aliens. We have a really wonderful representation of that in the character of Carter Burke, played by Paul Reiser, comedian Paul Reiser, Emmy winning, <laughs> Emmy award winning uh, comedian Paul Reiser, who uh, who seems like a really nice guy. He's mm -hmm. most famous these days. He was in Stranger Things season two, and he popped up, I think, in the third season for a little cameo. But um, what did you think of Paul Reiser? Because he is slimy in this and he's a chameleon and, and i didn't even expect it like when he first showed up i was like by the oh, way this I'm... is a first time watch for you right yes okay yes well when he first showed up in the movie i was like oh yeah he's awesome love him and then i think out loud i was like oh wow he's actually he's the bad guy i think i was shocked and he comes off in the beginning it's like cameron is addressing everything that i just said mm-hmm that spiel that I just had because he comes in and one of his first lines is my name's Carter Burke. I work for the company, but don't let that fool you. Mm -hmm. I'm actually a decent guy. Right. And he's not a decent <laughs> and guy. Not at all. This guy's going to walk the company line. This guy is going to do things to put all of the uh, main characters in jeopardy because the company is still yep. after that damn alien that, that some bitch and murder an <laughs> alien. And I love that, uh, the way that the pieces add up because you see Newt and her family and, there's a little line of dialogue that they had a directive to go check it out. You know, something mm -hmm. out there that uh, Ripley wakes up and then they sent these people back out there. So it's like, ah, oh, you know. Yep. So I thought he was really great in this movie. I, I thought he was. Too. And it's amazing because you look and he doesn't really look like he fits in. Right. You know, and yeah. it amazes me, too. I, I, I didn't find anything why Cameron cast him uh, outside of the fact he's a he's a wonderful. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, presence and entertainer and actor. But um. You know, why he went with like the the comedian maybe it's because he's he's he is likable mm -hmm. yeah and it's kind of like the you know a little twist it kind of it's an unexpected thing you don't expect this guy to be <laughs> the fifth. right i didn't right right <laughs> so well what they do to uh to go out and to uh check in on these colonists that may or may not be in danger because they haven't had contact from them they send ripley as a consultant out with the colonial marines the colonial marines the badasses of the badass uh michael bean uh plays Dwayne hicks bill hudson is bill paxton is hudson i'm sorry and jeanette goldstein what was her i have uh, vasquez she plays vasquez. vasquez and uh there's a whole bunch of other people in there what do you think of the colonial marines i love them so much right <laughs> they're part, one of my favorite parts of the movie what i liked about it because it's going to tie into the theme of like motherhood and strength for me is these people I feel, did you feel like there was a lot of posturing with them that they think they're badasses? In a way. You know, because they're like uh, Jeanette Goldstein sitting there, you know, posing yeah. with the gun, you know, and, and uh, they're going in, you know, just show me where to shoot. Now, you know, show me where they're and I'll, I'll pull the trigger, you know, and they're going in with like this, this bravado. Mm -hmm. And and it's amazing because Ripley keeps telling them like, no, like you, right. you have no idea. And, uh. I was not taking gleeful satisfaction. This is fiction, okay? But uh, because there was so much posturing with these people, like, I was kind of glad they got taken down a peg or two. Like, 
just because they thought they were such badass. It's like, uh-huh. you don't know what badass <laughs> is. But I think it makes what Ripley does in the movie even more impressive because uh, thematically what's happening there is she's the complete embodiment of a whole person right. in this. And she's the only one that can beat the aliens thematically. Right. Exactly. You know? Now, she has a wonderful counterpart here that emerges throughout the movie. And I feel like Michael Bean's character emerges the same way that Ripley emerges in the first movie, the, the way mm-hmm. that he's kind of in the group and then he starts to kind of pull away from them. Right. Michael Bean played Kyle Reese in uh, James Cameron's 1984 classic, The Terminator. What did you think of his portrayal here of uh, Dwayne Hicks, Corporal <laughs> Dwayne Hicks? Oh, I loved him. He was one of my favorites. And it, I can say that about the whole entire cast, right. but uh, right. he stood out for me for sure. And I feel like Cameron did a good job of pulling that cast that everybody loves from Alien into this film too and it's just like first you obviously you, like you said you you want them to kind of realize they're not as badass as they are yeah. but you again I feel like I didn't want anything bad to yeah, happen to Yeah I didn't want anything them. bad to happen to him and but he it's was like, one of those for sure I was like oh, I don't really don't want anything bad to happen to him I really enjoy him Okay so so Ripley as I said Ripley feels like a whole person because mm-hmm. Ripley has this wonderful balance of, of male and female characteristics. Mm-hmm. She's, she's a whole person. Dwayne Hicks feels like a full person because he has empathic type quali- right. quality, feminine, if you will, mm-hmm. qualities. And he really emerges and he feels like the nice counterbalance, not only to his group, but also to her. And, and they, they complement each other very well. And they're both very kind of soft spoken in a way. Yeah. And uh, they, um, I love that Cameron sets this up not so much as a romantic subplot. You mm-hmm. can you, you can feel that they like each other, right? They, and and he respects her, and she respects him, and they do come to rely on each other, mm-hmm. and and it's a wonderfully whole relationship. And it's really wonderful because you're you're finding yourself wondering like what's going to happen to them after this movie's over. Like, yes, are they going exactly. to possibly explore mm-hmm. that? third movie notwithstanding we're not going to talk about the third movie tonight the third movie is just ripley's bad dream and hyper sleep trust me on that the third and fourth movie this is it there's only two alien movies but um but i, I like that the possibility of romance is there but mm-hmm. it's not necessarily explored and i love the touches because this movie does explore the formation of the family that the family yeah. is being formed ripley is becoming mother Dwayne hicks is becoming daddy and then you have the character of newt we're going to talk about her in a second but uh, Michael Bean, I love Michael Bean. Thank he you. was most recently, I believe he was in an episode of The Mandalorian, and I'm really upset that he didn't become more of a, a bigger star. He's yeah. been around and done a lot of great work and a lot of different things. Same professor I talked about just now that knows Galen Hurt, uh, used to work out with Michael Bean in Los Angeles and said he's a really nice guy. Said just salt of the earth type guy. And, I can uh, see that. And he's really solid in this movie. And I oh, think yeah. that character, you know... Uh, I, I'm sure there's other guys that could have played that character, but he he really fits this this I, I movie so. very well. And uh, uh, my favorite moment, I think, is your favorite moment when she wants to <laughs> nuke the site from orbit, and then he's in charge, and Paul Reiser's like, "Oh, Corporal Hicks, you know, oh, so you're in charge now? Yeah, I think we should nuke it, you know." <laughs> yes, he's completely with her. But the little touches of uh, him giving her the watch and saying, "You know, oh, we're not engaged," right. you know, the little forming the family, him with Newt, you know, picking her up and putting her up on the map table so she can see, and and him calling her honey at one point, mm-hmm. you know, it's it, the family is being yeah formed. And like you said, I don't feel like you know, like a romantic thing takes over the screen and yeah. you know, kind of distracts you. I feel like it's very well done, right? 
Me too. Uh, Lance Henriksen plays Bishop, the artificial intelligence uh, android on this ship, uh, kind of taking the place of Ian Holm as Ash in the original movie. Sigourney Weaver has uh, some problems with him because of the problems she had with Ash in the first movie, and rightfully so. <laughs> she does come to love the computer in this movie. I like I Bishop. I Yeah, and, and uh, Lance Henriksen is a guy who was originally cast as a Terminator, uh, and then Cameron pulled him out because they got Arnold and I think that was the right call but so. he did put him in Terminator and then he gave him this role here and I think he he's really wonderful I think he adds a nice uh mysterious element yes. to it. he's got that face yes he's got that face what did you think of Bishop were you waiting for him to to, to turn it was I didn't expect him to be you know artificial intelligence I, I, it was like okay cool and then I was like oh crap what's gonna happen <laughs> but it was it was nice that he yeah. wasn't, you know, he wasn't terrible. Yeah. And, and I, I was, I felt so bad when he got ripped apart. Oh, no, man. Oh, no. <laughs> no. I did too. And I, I like the fact that like the family unit is established in this film and they have their dog. In Bishop. <laughs> you know, Bishop's kind of like the family right. dog. You know, it's really, no, he, he's a wonderful presence in this. And the Bishop character is really a, a wonderful addition to the world. And uh, finally, <laughs> for, we have to talk about him. Bill Paxton is Hudson. He steals every scene he's in with his mouth. He, really does. he has all the best lines in the movie. Uh, <laughs> the most famous being "Game over, man. Game over." I was coming back from a. Uh, I had played in Gulfport, Mississippi, on a Saturday night. I spent the night. I was driving back into town on a Sunday, and I got the news that Bill Paxton had passed away several years ago. And it just—it was one of those moments where. You just kind of go, oh, damn. I know. Damn, really? I know. He is so great in this. And <laughs> I, I feel like his energy is uh, amped up from the Lambert character in Alien. He's mm-hmm. the guy saying everything that you're thinking. Yep, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I loved him so much. And I love that he's a badass. You know, he's a badass Marine. Obviously, he's a badass if he's a right. coin of the Marine. But he's expressing the fear, fear that we're exactly. all feeling. <laughs> You know, no, I thought he was, he was he's such a great addition to this. He, he, he really is. He really is. The character of Newt is uh, the other very important character outside of Ripley, maybe mm-hmm. the second most important character in this. She has uh, her family has been killed by those no good murder and some bitch and aliens. <laughs> she finds herself alone on this planet, uh, motherless and. Uh, Ripley, if you watch the James Cameron special edition, which Faith and I did, Ripley, uh, her daughter is dead. Mm -hmm. And I like the addition of that scene back into the movie because it gives her relationship with Newt a little more uh, weight. Yeah. And they need each other. Mm -hmm. There's a and and they need each other to survive. And there's a wholeness. You know, somebody said that this, you know, this coming out in 86 is at the height of Reaganism and uh, uh, moral values and things like that. And the celebration of the nuclear family and as a reflection of that, I I can buy that. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, Ripley really comes into her own with Newt. Yeah. And and Newt is a wonderful character I love Newt in this movie. So yeah. Much. The little affirmative and her putting on the helmet and, and she's not a hindrance. She's she's actually a help, yeah. you know, and she's undergoing PTSD like Ripley is. So they, there's they're a wonderful compliment to each other. And when she calls her mommy at the end, I I'm know. done. I'm <laughs> Me done. Too. And the, the best shot in this movie is when that thing comes up. And grabs her out of the water. Oh my god! It's no. a, it's, t- it's terrifying. I think I was like screaming at the TV. I'm like, no, Newt. <laughs> Absolutely terrifying. <laughs> Don't get her. Absolutely terrifying. <laughs> We're not going to talk too much about Ripley right now, but uh, let's talk about Ripley's main nemesis in this, outside of the company, <laughs> the Queen Alien. What I like about this film is I said it expands upon 
the Lord. So we get a little bit more into like the species, the the hierarchy of the alien uh, colony, and they compare them to ants at one point. Do they compare them to bees? Maybe. I know they compare them to ants, you know, and you kind of get an idea of what they do and how they how they uh, uh, live long and prosper as it is. (laughs) You know, they and they have a queen that lays these eggs and you meet her in this. And I like that. It just seems like a natural kind of extension of what was going on in the first movie. Mm -hmm. And you see that the alien we saw in the first movie was kind of a a worker warrior type, you know. Right. And you see them in the movie and they're grabbing these colonists and they're, you know, keeping them and uh, impregnating them and making more aliens and propagating, you know, the species. And uh, it's a wonderful design by the late, great Stan Winston. Yeah, that queen. I love what he did with the Giger designs, taking them. And kind of, you know, doing something else with them. And mm-hmm. it feels correct right. to the world. And uh, what do you think of the queen? Oh, my God. What do you think? I, I think you love the queen. <laughs> I think you the queen is the queen. amazing. I mean, that's, an, that's a really, it's creepy. I mean, come on. It's creepy. To, I mean, when I first, when it first got to that shot. I love. It's and like, wow. The introduction of her, the way yes. that the camera pans over and you hear it. Yes. And you see her laying the egg and you see it coming through the tube. It's like, whoa. <laughs> and and then it pans up, you know, and you see it. And she's just there. And, and she's huge. Yeah. Ew. She's huge. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about her when we talk about Ripley. Because to properly talk about Ripley, you have to talk right. about her. Because that, that's the mirror. That's the foil. I love this movie. I really, I, do. I really love this movie. So all of this thematic stuff aside, what I love about the movie is, and there was a moment uh, when they wake up on the ship and they're all kind of posturing and they're eating and you kind of get introduced to all of them. And I kind of, for, and, it's, and it's about 90 seconds for real, where I went, okay, I'm done. And then it picked up. Mm-hmm. It, it, the movie continually picks up. Right. Picks up. Exactly. Picks up. The accelerator is down the entire time, but he also pulls back enough at times to give you a chance to breathe, mm-hmm. which is amazing, and to get character beats and plot and all that good stuff. And this is a really just a masterclass of a movie here. It's, it's I, I incredible. think it's wonderful. And the fact that it's a sequel to one of the greatest films of all time, seriously, and and this is itself considered one of the greatest films of all time, too. Yeah. And the fact that she got an Oscar nomination for this, and, the, and the, it, it, it's amazing from top to bottom. I know. It doesn't feel like a slap in the face to the original. It doesn't Mm-mm. feel like it's trying to be better than the original. It feels like it's like adding harmony right. to the original. Right. You know? And I don't feel like it's trying to, like, like, I feel like it's copying it completely from the original. Like, you know, let's try to... I don't know. I feel like it's its own thing at the same time, but there's moments of things that feel like it's the first for me, at least to me. And and what I love is you don't even really see them until about an hour and a half mm-hmm. into the movie. Yeah. You know, and then from then on, I mean, they're there. <laughs> um, favorite scene with the aliens outside of the Queen reveal. Ooh. I have one. I have one in particular. And the Newt thing. What which you I got? Uh, when they're in the ceiling. Yes. When they're in the ceiling. <laughs> yes. that, whole, that whole scene when they're in the ceiling is amazing. And uh, the shot in the in the uh, airway, I guess it is, when the thing is, it looks like it's flying. You know, it's just yes. it's scuttling on. It creeps me out. Can I just say all of them? I you mean, can. yeah. <laughs> I mean, every single scene when she was going around with the, I like the uh, the fire everywhere. Yeah, I think that's just I thought it was so cool. Yeah, I don't know why he did. He did a wonderful job on this. Everybody involved, you know, did a wonderful job. Mm-hmm. And he's he's one of our best uh, filmmakers. Whatever you think of him personally or anything, he's, he's oh yeah. This, this dude knows what he's doing. <laughs> and the whole thing uh, with Cameron, we've said this about the Terminator. There's a working class element to Cameron. There's a mm-hmm. blue collar 
thing. He drove trucks for a living, and you feel that in mm-hmm. in yeah. in his movies, and you feel it here. Mm-hmm. You feel it here. You're also going to feel it in the next movie. Let's should we just get right into it? Let's go for Let's it. Let's get right into it. Terminator Two: Judgment Day from 1991. It's another Cameron movie, uh, sequel to his classic 1984 slasher flick. Yeah, it is. It's a slasher. <laughs> it flick. Is. It's a sci-fi horror slasher <laughs> flick. The film that made Arnold Schwarzenegger a movie star in 1991, this was a cultural phenomenon when it came out. I was around for it. I was 12 years old. And this thing was just the stuff that dreams are made of. Arnold, at the height of his popularity, is a movie star. Mm-hmm. And he's playing the good guy. This, Of course he has to play the good guy. Of course. You know, it would break our hearts if he played the bad guy again. So... He's not the bad guy. You get Robert Patrick this go around as the new uh, prototype, the uh, metal man, the liquid metal man who's hunting John Connor, played by Edward Furlong in his screen debut. And Linda Hamilton returns as Sarah Connor in this. This uh, uh, the the setup is much like the first movie. They've uh, Skynet has sent a Terminator back in time to this time to assassinate John Connor before he can grow up to be. Uh, the leader of the resistance against the rise of the machines, <laughs> the rise of the machines. That's about it. That That's the it. setup. The movie, though, is not really about that. It's about something else. Mm-hmm. And again, it's a it's the establishment of the family. It's uh, the reestablishment of motherhood. It's it's wholeness and completeness. It's uh, Sarah Connor learning to love the machine. It's the machine learning to love the human and become human. And it's about a whole lot of other things, too. And I think this is an absolutely beautiful movie. Uh, what did you think of Terminator 2 Judgment Day? I really love this movie. It's it's not my favorite, but I love it. <laughs> this movie has some narrative problems, I believe, in the beginning and is a very slow start to this movie. And mm-hmm. I feel like it's a little jumbled and, and, and not as cohesive as it could be in right. the beginning. And... But the last hour makes up for the I was going to say, I feel like it uh, the last hour really makes just up gets for better it. as it keeps going. Yeah. This is another case. I feel like this movie is so different from mm-hmm. The Terminator. The Terminator, uh, really, as I, as, as I keep harping on, it's a slasher flick. flick. It, it's, 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 it doesn't stop. It's a lot <laughs> like Aliens in, in that the, the, the pedals down the entire right. time. You know? Right. And you, you want Sarah Connor to survive, and there's a whole lot of stuff. This movie, about 45 minutes to an hour in, they're kind of out of danger. Mm-hmm. And the movie takes a deep breath. And then it becomes something else. Right. And it becomes John Connor and his relationship with this Terminator and the establishment of this family. And Sarah Connor then is the mom. And it's really beautiful. It is. It's a beautiful, it really beautiful is. movie. And Arnold Schwarzenegger, I don't think, has ever been better in a movie outside of maybe the original Terminator. Mm-hmm. And um, when the American Film Institute did the list of the top uh, 100 heroes and villains, he was on both lists <laughs> for, for the Terminator for each, each role. And I'm getting goosebumps thinking about him in this movie because he's the dad that you want. Mm-hmm. He's the friend that you want. He's the protector that yep. you want. What did you think of Arnold in this? Because it, it, I think this might be his best oh, yeah. moment on screen. I think so, too. He was A+. plus. It's... It's so amazing to see him completely switch from what he was doing in the first movie and feel so much more human, but you still feel like he's not human at the same time, you know? But it's like, it really is such an incredible thing to see because he's so good. It's really interesting because it's almost an inversion of the first movie in a lot of ways because he's he's playing the Michael Bean role mm-hmm. here. The Terminator, uh, Arnold's Terminator, is... 
Kyle Reese in this movie. And what's what I find really interesting, and we'll talk about it a little more when we get in depth into Sarah Connor and Linda Hamilton's performance, is she's more of a Terminator than he is. He's <laughs> actually more human, human than she is. She she's lost something. She's lost that that human. I don't know, like that warm human nature the thing warm about her. You humanity know, I don't know. that yeah. she that she had in the first, the girl next doorness that yeah. she had in the first movie, and. Uh, she also is dealing with PTSD. There's so many similarities here, and it's her reconnect. Uh, you know, Ripley connects with a child. Sarah reconnects with her child mm-hmm. here, and again, it's just so amazing. Now, on the technical level, we had never seen anything like this when this came out. Robert Patrick. Let's talk about Robert Patrick. I love Robert Patrick in this Me movie. Too. There is, he is so magnetic in this, and that clean cut look, and and it's. The original idea where the Terminator could be anybody. And here's this guy, unassuming guy, and he's frightening. He is. I I like that they didn't go for a guy who looked like Arnold, you know, like body was. Like you said, I like that it's like it could be anybody. He's the metal man. It's it's so awesome. Yeah, he's the the liquid metal man. And uh, his, his physicality is so good here. And you hit the nail on the head. They went for somebody that doesn't look like Arnold, mm-hmm. but I always feel because of the way this thing is set up mm-hmm. that he is a threat to Arnold. Oh yeah. You know, and that's what's so, you know, and you got Arnold at the height of his, uh, fame and, and fortune and popularity and body like right. that body's just oh, slamming, yeah. you know? And, uh, it's, it's really, really well done. We got to talk about the effects cause we had never seen this. If you're out there and you weren't around for this, the first go around <laughs> when we saw, the liquid metal changed. Like we, we, we flipped out. We flipped out. So it's amazing. John Knoll, who worked for uh, George Lucas Mm -hmm. over at industrial light and magic, uh, created the program Photoshop for this Photoshop comes from Terminator (laughs) two. And he got the patent on it. I think he made a whole lot of money on Photoshop, (laughs) but, um, it was amazing. I mean, this movie is 30 years old this year at the time of this recording, 30 years old. I'm watching these effects going, wow. I know. I was too. <laughs> like, like that is impressive. And they did it with the digital stuff and they did it with practical stuff on mm-hmm. screen. They did it in a whole variety of ways. And I think it just, it, it really holds up and adds to, adds that extra element, you know, of a uh, danger, I think, to, yeah. you know, and if that doesn't work, it, it, the movie doesn't work. Exactly. Um, he's a real threat though. He really is. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I love, I love him in this and uh, it's easy to overlook him. Mm-hmm. In this, but uh, everything he was doing was just killer. Oh, just I think so. Absolutely killer. Edward Furlong, um, I, I, I tolerate him in this movie. He's a young man, very young man. His voice was changing throughout the <laughs> throughout the film. You can tell. Um, so he gets he gets a pass in a lot. This is his first film. There are times, but he does feel kind of like a real kid at times too. Yeah. Um, my biggest problem with that is. This is he's supposed to be 10 years old. He feels a lot older than 10 years old. He looks older than he 10. He feels like he's like, like 14, 12, 13. 14, yeah. Yeah. Like. yeah. Um, I'm, I'm willing to overlook that. Uh, you kind of get, to, but for me, I was like, well, why didn't they just put it, you know, uh, you know, closer, you right. know, move it up or whatever. <laughs> uh whatever you know um yeah but, uh, it doesn't that, make the movie horrible yeah yeah and, and their relationship is so sweet mm-hmm. his relationship with the terminator and you're seeing this movie a lot through his eyes which mm-hmm. which which i really like and appreciate uh we should also mention earl bowen plays the doctor he he was also in the first movie playing the doctor and he's back here and <laughs> i thought that was a nice little touch he also made an appearance in the third movie too mm-hmm. but there's only two terminator movies so yeah it doesn't <laughs> It doesn't really matter. Um, 
what did you think? Uh, kind of the same question as with Aliens. What did you think about this movie compared to the first movie? Because it does take a big detour from the first movie. It's, and it's more emotional, I it's think. It's very interesting. I mean, it really is. I mean, you think about the first one. We're calling it a slasher for the most part. And it is. And this is, I feel like, completely opposite. I mean, there's some horrific stuff in it, but it's completely opposite of what that first movie is. Yeah. And like you said, there's some, there's deep emotional stuff going on in here. And it's so well done. That's my, that's my favorite stuff that's going on in this movie. And but yeah, it's so much so much different than the first it, movie. It really is. And uh, one of one of our favorite character actors, Joe Morton, is in this movie playing Miles Dyson, the creator of Skynet. And it uh, you know the casting's wonderful. Uh, he he's great in this movie. Mm-hmm. And the movie takes that turn because the first movie feels inevitable. Things are, are going to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This movie, it feels like you can take fate and you can change it. And I think that's what's really wonderful about this movie is that there's a hopeful note right. in this movie that the future is not written. You can mm-hmm. change the future. You can change yep. the future. And, and it's really wonderful. It also deals, though, with what we talked about with artificial intelligence, with the military industrial complex, all that stuff is in here. All of that stuff. Those people don't care about you nope. <laughs> is, is in this movie. There's a real blue collar mentality to this movie, much like, uh, uh, all of Cameron's work. Right. But, um, as far as the similarities with aliens, all of those themes are present. It's a road movie. There's the unstoppable enemy. You have to face that enemy to become whole, you know, uh, yep. what? Very kind of George Lucas, isn't it? It is. James Cameron wanted to become a filmmaker because he saw Star Wars. So there you go. There you go. I I really, really like this movie. I have a few small problems with it. Me too. That do not take anything away from the absolute utter enjoyment of what this movie Mm -hmm. is. And uh, I don't think this is Cameron's best movie, but it sure is a lot of fun. Oh, it is. It's a lot of fun. I don't think it tops Terminator. But it's not a terrible movie by any means. Yeah, I I absolutely I think prefer the first Terminator mm-hmm. uh, as a film, you yeah. know. But for the moment of this, mm-hmm. you know, what this was in that moment, and Arnold's performance in this, I think is is absolutely off the chain. And yeah. I I stand by this. I think Arnold Schwarzenegger deserves some kind of acting nomination for his role in this because I think so. there is no one. No one that can do what he did in this movie. No. I don't care how well trained you are. There, it, he has presence. We've talked about it before. He has presence. You can't teach what he has. Mm-mm. He might not be the greatest thespian in the world, but he, he's there, and you know he's there. And the things he was doing, the warmness that he brought to this machine was just absolutely amazing. And I, there is no one that can do what he did in this movie. No, not at all. No one. And. uh when he when he goes away at the end, and I'm I'm thinking about it right now. I mean, it's the old Yeller moment. Mm-hmm. It's you. I I I cried watching. I know it's coming. I've seen this movie umpteen times, thirty <laughs> for thirty years now, and I got emotional watching it. at the end, I mean, it's hard not to. When he cried, when he holds him, uh, hugs him, and says, "You know, I know now why you cry," mm-hmm. which is a running thing through that. You know, and him finally understand. It's amazing, and Sarah shaking his hand. I know. You know. And he's, he's like, she said, the protector, he will never hurt him. He'll never hurt any of us. Yep. You know? And there's a lot of great comedy in this too, that comes, you know, with, with him, you know, <laughs> yes. and, and he handles comedy very well, but, uh, I love it. I love it. It's, uh, it's, it's something. And, and being 12 years old and seeing it in the movie theaters when it was out, it, it has that extra kind of, you know, going, wow. Remembering yeah. back to it, it. We had never seen it. You know, we'd never seen it. I remember uh, walking out of a movie 
uh, before it came out and seeing the poster, that iconic poster for it, it was up, you know, coming soon. It was like, oh, <laughs> you know, like, oh, oh, wow, we have to go see this, yes. <laughs> you know, him on the motorcycle. So uh, love it. Uh, uh, I don't uh, have we had two better movies, you know, like to talk about like in a, in a sitting like. <laughs> can, we, can we talk about how great the intro, though, is for just a second? Yeah. <laughs> it just starts off with him naked in a bar. <laughs> Actually, let's let's go back. Uh, the 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 <laughs> intro to this, the the credit sequence is oh, haunting yes. with the fire in the in the playground. But yeah, it's so funny and <laughs> and and it's cheesy as all hell. The bad uh, bad to the bone when he comes out, but it's so. And- but it just it's like yeah, that's what it is. This, it, here it, we it, go. Needs, it needs that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Give me your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, it's it's and him taking the sunglasses and all. It's, oh, it's so it. iconic. It, it really is. <laughs> Really, do you prefer him as good Terminator or bad Terminator? Oh, I don't know. Can I say both? <laughs> yeah, you can say both. Uh, before we take a break, one of the things I do like that Cameron does in this movie is narratively, for the first 30 minutes, uh, you don't know which one is which. Mm-hmm. You don't, you know, of course, now we all know. But right. if you go in and if you just can erase that from your brain and watch, mm-hmm. you're not sure, you know, who's there to protect you. Right. And, and they have... Um, the uh, the little narration from Linda Hamilton at the beginning, you know, and they send in two lone warriors and they don't tip their hand in. Right. And I think it's really, really great. I think so, too. I think it's really great the way that they pull this off. So. Yeah. I think it's it's well done. It's it's so good. Both movies are, 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 are very good. So we're going to take a short break. When we get back, we're going to discuss uh, in depth our two leading ladies and, and they deserve their own section oh, yeah. and uh then we're gonna uh we'll rate everything at the end of the evening mm-hmm. and uh, see who is more womaner <laughs> sounds good see who is more womaner <laughs> i am dan and i am Faith. and we will see you on the other side Only on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. Make sure to bring some toilet paper. I'm gonna scare the shit out of you. Join me, your unnamed host from an undisclosed location, reporting from the fringe on what's going on in the Matrix. Plandemics. Vaccines. Residence in Chief. I'll tell you everything you need to know to survive the New World Order, only on Conspiracies, right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. Seriously, bring a change of undies. You're gonna soil yourself.
Welcome back to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan. And I am Faith. We just finished discussing Aliens and Terminator 2 Judgment Day. We're here because we are celebrating the uh, Women's History Month and especially the performances of two of the most iconic actresses uh, in the genre of sci-fi slash horror, Sigourney Weaver and Linda Hamilton, in two of their most iconic roles, that being Ripley and Sarah Connor. Should we say... It's Ellen Ripley. Yes. She does say her name <laughs> in the movie. One of my favorite moments. We're going to talk about Mine that in a, in a minute. Let's start with Sigourney Weaver because that movie came out first. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Fair uh, enough. Fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. She did get an Oscar nomination for Best Actress for this. I think very well deserved. Oh, yeah. Um, we've talked about Sigourney on this podcast now twice for Ghostbusters mm-hmm. and for the original Alien. I said it on the Alien show that it really struck me watching that movie and then preparing for this one that I didn't realize how much I loved her Mm -hmm. and how much I really appreciate her and and that I've seen, didn't realize I'd seen most of her filmography and loved most of of her (laughs) filmography, yeah. And uh, I think she's absolutely wonderful. She's a wonderful screen presence. This is only like her fifth or sixth movie, if you can believe that. I'm about to say that's crazy. This was also her first Oscar nomination. So um, what did you think of Sigourney Weaver as Ripley in Aliens? I love her so much here. I love that we get to kind of dive into who she is more in this movie. And she just feels really, she feels real. And she feels warm. And it's just, it's so nice to see her on the screen. You just can't get enough of seeing her. And I mean, she really, she feels like a real person that you're watching and not an actress i think the strength of this movie and what cameron needs to be commended for it with both of these performances but really but since we're talking about ripley mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll focus there is that he could have very easily done an, a ripoff of alien he right. could have done that movie again mm-hmm. but what i think sets this movie apart from alien and why a lot of fans like this movie more is because of Sigourney Weaver and her performance and that we do a deep dive into Ripley and right. you just hit all the sweet spots that I was going to say. <laughs> she feels very real. She does. And, and taking her out of her time and, uh, you know, she's lost her daughter. Her daughter passed away from natural causes because she got old. Yeah. She missed everything. Everything. You know, the company doesn't like her. You know, they don't believe her. Mm-hmm. You know, she can't get a good job. She, she's... I think you can you can put a lot of your real world frustrations you can you can you know identify with exactly. Ripley you know you can you can put them on her mm-hmm. you know and she seems to be kind of a for lack of a better word every man you know and mm-hmm. every woman you know and and she just has a wonderful presence in this movie and it's a lot different than what she was doing in Alien but it's a lot of the same stuff too and yeah. and she feels um I like the PTSD element of her here. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that she's kind of broken, you know, right. that, that they don't gloss over that this horrible stuff happened for her last week. <laughs> right. You know, it was last week I know. that this stuff happened. Yeah. And they don't gloss over it. And you feel her frustration with the bureaucracy, you know, and you feel her frustration then yep. with the corporation doing the same crap that they did in the first movie and her frustration with the aliens, you know, and, yep. and all of that. I think it's just so beautifully done. And she just never seems like she's acting. Ever. I mean, that was really no. my, my biggest thought watching this is like, this doesn't feel like an actress you're watching. 
This is a real person they just pulled off the yeah. street and <laughs> stuck her in here. She is uh, identified as one of the possibly the first real female uh, action heroes, and I I'm not going to disagree with that. She oh. <laughs> and it doesn't feel okay. So we talked about the posturing of the Colonial Marines in the beginning of uh, the show, but mm-hmm. also in the beginning of the film itself. And they're posturing and they're badasses and they're saying how badass they are. They get in there and they get their asses kicked and they ain't badass, right? <laughs> Ripley is the badass in this movie. <laughs> right. And I am going to maintain that she is the ultimate badass in this film because she's the combination of the male and feminine qualities mm-hmm. that have come together. She is uh, a mother again mm-hmm. and she's mama bear going in to save her <laughs> cub and do not get in her way exactly no i feel like i just she feels like like you said she is the badass and she doesn't put herself it like she doesn't claim to be one you know it's like it's kind of like when in real life when you meet a really intelligent person and i'm going to kind of out you a little bit here faith is one of the most intelligent people i've ever had the privilege and fortune to know she's very intelligent and when she does not feel the need to announce her intelligence to the world um because that's just not who she is Mm -hmm. you know and uh i I feel that's with ripley she's she's a badass and she doesn't need to broadcast it and the other thing too about her is she rises to the challenge mm-hmm. repeatedly throughout yes. this movie. You know, in, in movies today, too many times, I'm looking at you, Captain Marvel, the, the, for some reason, these female heroes today just, they don't earn it, you know? Exactly. They don't earn it. Um, and what I mean by that is they don't go through trials and tribulations. Mm-mm. Luke Skywalker went through trials and tribulations, mm-hmm. you know? Um, Ripley goes through them, yep. and Ripley comes out better. She's tested, you know, and she comes out better. And so yep. she's strong and she's whole. And she's you know? invincible. <laughs> she's woman. Hear her roar. <laughs> and uh, but I think that's it. And 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 she's very warm. You hit that. She's so warm with with Newt. She's warm with uh, Hicks. Yeah. She's actually warm even uh, with Hudson. Mm-hmm. You know when Hudson's losing his shit and yeah. she's like Hudson calmed. <laughs> you know. She she's kind of but she's not like overbearing or like you know the 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 mama bear. You know right. what I mean? It's exactly. It's, she's not the din mother, right. but. Uh, yeah, don't don't mess with Mama Bear's cup because Mama Bear's gonna you know strap a flashlight to a to a heavy artillery and a flamethrower and she's gonna go down into the nest and uh, she's gonna wax your ass exactly. <laughs> All right, so now we can finally talk about it. So you have the alien queen on one end and their rage. What I love is, is that Cameron just gets into like you know more in depth in that society without hitting you over the head with it. You're figuring it out as you're watching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And what they do is they, it's survival at any cost, right? And they are just uh, they're parasitic. They are parasites, and that's how they survive. And you have this thing, this very selfish creature. That's they are self. It, it is selfish from our perspective. The aliens are selfish, right? Right. And you have this very selfish uh, mother, right? Mm-hmm. And this selfless mother hooking horns Mm -hmm. and i think it makes that that scene just amazing (laughs) i know the last 30 minutes of this movie when she goes down in that egg chamber and gets newt and when she realizes where she is and and uh that look on her face when she backs up and that egg starts to open Mm -hmm. and she looks at the alien queen like you did that (laughs) okay here we go and just torches it i love it i love it i love it 
And I love that the aliens have a little bit of personality to them. Like yes. she's like, I'm going after you. You know, mm-hmm. it's 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 uh, uh, I don't know what the word is. Mono a mono, but it's not men. It's it's <laughs> it's these two, you know, strong ass female characters going at it. <laughs> and uh, I love it. I love the stakes there. I love the stakes because the thematic stuff has come together there. You know, it's mama versus mom. And that's what this movie's about is motherhood. The first movie is about birth. This movie's about motherhood. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's it. No, it's it's amazing. (laughs) And it it is. It's really amazing. It really is. And you have to give Gail Ann Hurd a lot of credit for this because she was uh, a big part of why the Terminator worked. And she's a big part of why this works, too. And uh, her her influence cannot be overstated. They would go their separate ways, but she would uh, go on to do the Spider-Man films with Tobey Maguire. Mm-hmm. And you could feel that influence there, too. So really good. And so it all really leads to this woman who is out of time, out of her element, has risen to the challenge, and it is completely earned when she puts on the load lifter, comes out. The camera pans up. You see her in it. Mm -hmm. And she says, get away from her, you bitch. (laughs) The movie has been leading to that moment. And I don't know anyone else who could deliver that line. And you know exactly in that moment (laughs) what she means. And the great thing about that moment is the alien queen doesn't speak our language that we know of. But she knows Mm -hmm. what she means and that it's on. Yep. (laughs) And it's amazing. My God, that is the last 30 minutes of that movie is amazing. And Sigourney Weaver doesn't need Michael Bean to help her in that. Like, nope. it is her movie. And she's amazing and badass. And, and, she and really I is. love Ripley. What is it you love about Ripley? She just, I feel like she embodies a lot of things. I feel like you said she's feminine, she's warm, but she just goes for it and she's not afraid. Yeah. She just, you know, she has no fear and she'll do whatever it takes to. What to I love, overcome something. What I love about her, too, is she does not have to go out back and get Newt. She can right. walk away. They can get the hell out of yeah. there, and that's not who she is. Mm-mm. And I love that that's not who Dwayne Hicks is, either. He's right. like, we ain't going anywhere. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, um, really wonderful. Um, I love the moment where she gives us her name, oh, where she so says much. her name, because I start getting a little emotional right about there, because it's, that's that the wholeness is there. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't. I'm not saying she's put the PTSD behind. What I'm saying is though she's moving forward at that point. Exactly. She's not living in the past anymore. It's moving forward and, and these no good some bitch and murdering aliens <laughs> better get out of her way. <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh, all the fire in that movie really oh, is I love amazing. The fire so much. Yeah. I love when it's counting down and it's like you have to get out of here and it's yeah. you know, it's like, oh it's just It's a master class of a movie. It's it really so is. Good. Really is. I I honestly don't think that movie works without her in it. I don't think it does. It does not work without her in Mm-mm. it. And uh, no. she rightfully got that Oscar nomination for this because she's that good. I mean. And she didn't win, huh? She didn't win, no. Do we know? Marley Matlin won that year for Children of a Lesser God. I love Marley Matlin, but uh, I think it would have been something if Sigourney Weaver pulled this for, for Aliens. Because so. it's such an, it's it's the equivalent of Johnny Depp getting a nomination for Pirates of the Caribbean. You know, you don't expect it in right. that genre. and. This is the first time anyone had really done that, mm-hmm. you know, and it's and then not only that, in an action movie too, right. you know, in a sci-fi and a female in an action movie. I know, and I just love her. Man, that should have won. I love that her. I love her so much. I do too. I love her. And like I said, one of the great joys doing the show and doing Alien and Aliens over the past couple of weeks is kind of realize like right, she's 
she's it. Yeah. Like she's <laughs> maybe our best, you know, actress. Yeah. You know that we've. Uh, she's one of the greatest American actresses, mm-hmm. I think, for sure. Yeah, I and she's so. still out there doing great work, and I'm looking forward to seeing her in the new Ghostbusters movie. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. So, yeah. She's an icon, rightfully oh, yeah. so. They they say that you know Ripley's the, one of the greatest. Not only that, and look, look, we're celebrating Women's History Month here, and uh, but it's not only that she's like the greatest female action hero. She's just a great action hero. Mm-hmm. She stands. She's up there. Oh yeah, she's up there. She uh, very funnily said that she was uh, doing John Rambette. <laughs> <laughs> In the movie, I don't know. I think that she she's doing she's doing some really special stuff here, mm-hmm. really special stuff. So, moving on, Sarah Connor, Linda Hamilton. Linda Hamilton uh, undergoes a very big physical transformation mm-hmm. uh, and an emotional transformation. In the first film, she is very much the girl next door. In this film, she is a chiseled piece of iron, <laughs> and uh, I think it matches uh, where the character is in her life and where she has been and possibly where she's going if she can survive Judgment Day. Correct. Uh, it's a very different performance from very the first different. movie. It's a very different uh, vibe mm-hmm. from from the first movie. Sarah, the kind of uh, she was not incompetent or inept, but she was not ready for what was coming. Well, she's really ready <laughs> this time. She's she's ready. She also finds herself stuck in a mental institution. What did you think of Linda Hamilton as Sarah Connor? Another one that's always listed as one of not only like one of the greatest female roles of all time, but one of the greatest science fiction heroes mm-hmm. of all time. I mean, I really do love her here. I feel like there are moments that I don't love her. I feel like we said it earlier. I feel like she's more of the Terminator in yeah. moments than the Terminator actually is. And it, it it feels different than the first movie. And I feel like her human and her warmth kind of escapes. And yeah. You know, I feel like I don't connect to her as much in certain moments of the movie, but yeah. she's still badass. She's pretty I amazing. Don't, I, I, and I don't think you're supposed to connect with her yeah. in a lot of ways. And I think her best acting moment in this is when she goes to kill Miles Dyson, played by Joe Morton, mm-hmm. and uh, John and the Terminator show up to stop her. Mm-hmm. And she realizes that John had come to stop her. Right. And she, it's kind of in that moment where she starts to kind of, as we said, where Ripley starts to become whole again, mm-hmm. Sarah Connor starts to become whole again. And Sarah Connor, um, the things that she's doing are uh, because she knows the, the apocalypse is coming and everything she's been doing up to that point was to get ready for the apocalypse. And now, you know, there's a different way. There's mm-hmm. a different way to do it than outside of blowing this guy away. We can do something different, right. you know, and she starts to become a little bit more of a human being. Right. In that moment. And she still has her hard edge, mm-hmm. but she becomes more of a human being. And really the movie is Sarah's kind of, kind of arc, mm-hmm. you know? Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, she is very much the Terminator in this. She, I mean, she is. Because they have to stop her from killing people, you know, <laughs> right? they have to stop her from killing people. I think it's an amazing, it, it's amazing within the framework of the movie. It, it's really amazing though. If you watch these movies kind of like back to back, because it's such a different performance. And the yeah. physicality, what what we were noticing back 30 years ago, we had never really seen an actress do this, um, get buff like that. Right. You know, and unapologetically buff. And I mean, the physical transformation is just absolutely amazing. I The thing that I admire so much about her in this movie is I firmly believe that she is this person, that mm-hmm. that, that uh, Linda Hamilton kind of disappears for me. It's just Sarah Connor. Exactly. And, and she's this woman who's 
uh, a little crazy mm-hmm. and dangerous. She's very dangerous. That's the thing. It's funny. You look at her and think that she's strong and stuff, but she is fragile. You know. Well, that's the thing. It, she's extremely fragile. Right. And it's, she's extremely you know, fragile. And the the things that I love in the in the performance when uh, they escape uh, from the mental institution and she goes. And she's checking John to see if he got hurt. And he thinks she's giving him a hug. And she's checking him, you know, are you hurt? Are you mm-hmm. hurt? And he just wants his mother to hug him, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And she seems to have lost all of that. Exactly. You know, all of that because she knows the end's coming. Mm-hmm. It's, it's awful, you know. And and I do think she starts to regain a little bit of faith in humanity. I think it's interesting she, she regains faith in humanity through this machine. Right. <laughs> yeah, through this machine and then then through her son. I think it's I wonderful. Know. It's 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 such an interesting kind of setup mm-hmm. for her, you know, because uh, she's she's crazy. She is. She's she's got issues. <laughs> yeah. No, that, I mean, I feel like that makes her performance when you really compare it. I mean, she's doing a really good job of not giving the same thing from the first movie. You right. Know? Right. And she's strong, too. Yeah. She, she is strong. She's and physically and mentally strong, too. And uh uh, what I love, one of my favorite shots in the movie is when she's pumping that shotgun with one arm. Yes. And um, by yes. the way, she beat the Terminator. <laughs> she she beat the liquid metal man. She just needed one more round. Mm-hmm. She had him. I know. She had him. And I mean, when she's pumping that and that music, that music, dun, know. Dun, 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 you know, and, <laughs> and I was going, do it, do it, get him, <laughs> get him. And when, you know, he's got the uh, the point, the little knife through her uh, shoulder, you know, mm-hmm. and he's like, call John. You know, she's like, no. <laughs> yeah. She's a badass. She's she really a badass. is. She's badass. And she holds her own against Arnold Schwarzenegger in this movie, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they make a great family unit, the three of them. Yep. And uh, now, oh, man, when she's pumping that shotgun and she's that's got. Like and that, one, that's like one of my favorite things for the whole movie. Yeah. And that look on her face when she doesn't have when she doesn't have that last round, you know. <laughs> But uh, and her at the end lowering him into the pit and mm-hmm. her shaking his hand and it's really wonderful the way that all comes, it all comes around. I know. Yeah, her realizing when she comes out of the uh, when they come out of the elevator and she's running in the hallway at the psych ward and she sees him and just freezes. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a great performance. It's another one I think that probably should have been nominated for some major awards mm-hmm. uh, i think really the two of them should have been nominated for something you know outside of like maybe the genre type oh, I of think words so. i think she was really great in this i don't think she's been better in in anything mm-hmm. i like linda hamilton i always have yeah uh but she uh it, it's great though you know i watch ripley i watch sigourney weaver and aliens and i can't see anyone else playing ripley i can't see anyone else playing uh, Sarah either. Connor. It's the same thing uh, with Harrison Ford as Han Solo <laughs> or Sylvester Stallone as John Rambo or Rocky. You know, right. they they own that role. And uh, and these two women, the, there's a reason these two performances and these two actresses are lauded as, you know, the uh, the, the top of the uh, sci-fi yeah. horror pop. <laughs> you know, I've seen other people try to play Sarah Connor. It ain't the same. It definitely <laughs> definitely ain't the same. Not at all. Definitely no, not, not at all. The, is not the same. Mm-mm. So, uh, you have anything you'd like to add about about the two of them or the I movies? I think that's it that I could think of. That's all, I, that's all I can think of right now, too. But we're going to uh, we're going to take a very short break. This is a news break, so be sure to stay tuned for all of the fake news, not fit to print. And when we get back, we're going to give you our scores for both yes. overall film and for our leading ladies. And we're going to see indeed who is more womaner, <laughs> and we're going to have a uh, sneak preview. 
of our uh, of our next show. So stay tuned for all of that. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we'll see you on the other side. at the Cozy Corner Institute of Science and Stuff have determined that Star Wars fans, with their lightsabers, spaceships, Wookiees, and whatnot, are indeed nerdy. But, through a series of scientific tests, have determined that Lord of the Rings fans, with their elves, hobbits, and swords that have names, are way nerdier than them. Well, if you're like me, you grew up in the 90s. And if you're like me, you listened to Alanis Morissette's 1995 album, Jagged Little Pill. And if you're like me, you're still trying to figure out what the hell was up with all the warbling she was doing on that first track. Seriously, what was up with that? Can we get the Cozy Corner Institute of Science on that? WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio is conducting a poll. What's more acidic, the blood of the xenomorph from the Alien movies or the wicked sharp tongue of Lawndale High School student Daria Morgendorfer? Call us here at the station with your vote. Faith, we're getting an update from the Cozy Corner Institute of Science and stuff. Star Wars and Lord of the Rings fans are indeed nerdy, but the Institute is now saying they don't hold a candle to Harry Potter fans. Trust the science. And that is the news. Stay tuned for our final scores and a preview of next week's show. Welcome back to the Late Night Fright, right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. Faith, you recognize that, don't you? Yes, I do. <laughs> I'm playing Misty Forest, Faith. That is the great uh, jazz standard Misty by Errol Garner. We are playing that in tribute to the wonderful Jessica Walter, who we got the news recently passed away. Uh, we did an episode on Play Misty for me. She blew our minds and scared the hell out of us that in that that's movie. That's one of my favorite movies. <laughs> it's one of mine, too. Uh, Clint Eastwood directed that film, and she is absolutely wonderful in it. She was wonderful in a whole lot of things that she was in, including Arrested Development mm-hmm. and Archer and many appearances in television and movies. So happy trails, Miss Walter. And also, we'd like to wish happy trails to the great Yafet Kodo, who died a few days after we did our alien episode and it it was amazing because we recorded on a Saturday and the show came out on Monday and I think he died like that day like after we had it in the can it was it it was very shortly after we like that happens a lot with us in this show it's happened yeah (laughs) a few times yeah that Koda was uh beloved he was wonderful in live and let die he was also wonderful in a tv series called homicide life on the street if you get a chance to check out uh either of those 
I highly, highly recommend it. Happy trails. And also, we got the news today that uh, uh, acclaimed children's author Beverly Cleary passed away. She wrote the Ramona books, Henry Huggins, um, The Mouse That Rode a Motorcycle, I believe, was her. So uh, I read her her books growing up. Me too. And uh, so happy trails, all of you. Very, very well done. Make sure to check out Jessica Walter and play Misty for me. Oh, yes, please do. Check out our episode on it. Uh, it was part of our Thriller Month last year. Really good stuff. Mm-hmm. So, well, we have some final scores. Uh, we have overall film, and we have, uh, what is the, well, I forget. We had a I funny, am woman. I am woman. Here we are. There it is. <laughs> How could you forget and, that? And <laughs> uh, in lieu of stars, we were awarding <laughs> We Can Do It posters. So, uh, Faith, how many uh, We Can Do It posters did you award aliens? Uh, four. I also went for how many We Can Do It posters did you award Terminator 2 Judgment Day? Uh, I think I gave it three. I went three. Yes. F- I went three five on it. Uh, how many did you give Ripley? Four. How many did you give Sarah Connor? Three. I went four and three five. So okay. what did the totals come out to? Well, obviously Aliens came out to four We Can Do It posters. And Judgment Day, well, Terminator Judgment Day is 3.25. I think that's fair. That's about right. So are we going to say that Ripley is more womaner? I think so. <laughs> For the purposes of tonight's experiment, yes, Ripley is indeed more womaner. She is strong. She is invincible. <laughs> she can do she anything. <laughs> she is woman. That's right. But Sarah Connor's right on her ass. She's, she's close. <laughs> she's very close. I love it. In, in a show of solidarity and support for females all across the world, we're going to pit two of them against each other, right? <laughs> Right. There we go. Uh, we are very proud to announce, uh, we're going to give you a preview of what next week's show is, but Faith and I have made an executive decision. We have fallen in love with Sigourney Weaver so much that we're going to do a whole month of her films. Yes. And uh, we're really looking forward to it. And she hits all those genres, sci-fi, uh, horror, mm-hmm. all of it. And uh, it's going to be a fun month to program. Yep. And so that, that's going to be coming up sooner rather than later. We're really excited about this. Very excited. We're really excited to tell you what next week's movie is. And yes. Faith has this look on her face right now. I'm going to let her announce what next week's film is. We have decided we are going to do Willie's Wonderland starring Nicolas Cage. And it's about time Nicolas Cage comes back to our show. It is about time that we get back into the cage. And congratulations, because he got married recently. For so. the fifth time. For the fifth time. <laughs> Something tells me, Faith, this one. It's going to stick. <laughs> we this shall one's see, gonna I stick. guess. Yeah. Watch by the time we get to next week's show. They're we'll going to be like separated. Like, yeah. It's over. I just couldn't live with her. <laughs> I couldn't do it anymore. Oh, my God. But Willie's Wonderland, Nicolas Cage says a drifter. I believe it's a silent performance. We haven't seen the movie. This Mm-mm. is exciting. We haven't seen it. I believe it's a silent performance. That is right up his in his wheelhouse. Like, we're... Uh, because he is a throwback to the silent movie and it's gonna, But it's going to be so weird to, like... I mean, what do you... <laughs> a critic... You know? A critic said Nicolas Cage's most recent films... Uh, it's not so much that you review them. You give them the stamp of weirdness and move on. And... <laughs> I'm really hoping we give this one the stamp of weirdness. He uh, gets hired to clean an amusement park and the animatronic animals come to life in some satanic ritual. I really don't care. I'm really looking forward to seeing this. <laughs> I am too. So Willie's Wonderland <laughs> is next up, and uh, then we'll just go from there. But Sigourney Weaver, we got some Sigourney Weaver movies 
coming up. So uh, thank you all again for tuning in. Thank you for letting us drone on for a little while in your ears. As we said, talking about movies is fun. It's a lot more fun to talk about movies with a friend. Faith and I are lucky to do that every week. Thank you for tuning in and listening to us talk about movies. What can you do for us? Talk to your friends about movies. Get a conversation going. It's going to lead to some other things. And uh, if you can, do it in person. Yeah. Do it in person. Why not? If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can at late night fright podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from each and every one of you, wherever you are, whoever you are. Stay happy, stay healthy, stay safe. Take your vitamins. But you know who we don't want to hear from? No bad terminators, no xenomorphs. <laughs> Uh, I believe the no good some bitchin' aliens and the no good some bitchin' cyborg killers. You wanted me to term it that way, to, to say it that way. I'm so sorry. That's all right. That's, it's getting late. Yeah. Well, don't don't contact us. Or whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Faith, I think it's that time. I think it's that time. Should we snap the finger and uh, see if the magic happens? The finger, just the one. The, finger. Just the one finger. I don't know how that works. But okay. <laughs> On the count of three. One, two, three. Well, there it is. We did good with that one finger snap. It, it, it was magic, not editing. Not editing. Right. I want to stress that. It was not <laughs> editing. Thank you all again for tuning in. Uh, Aliens, Terminator 2, amazing films. I, I hope we have an amazing one next week in Willy's Wonderland. I'm, ex- I'm really excited. That's, that's a great thing about Cage. You never know. You never, ever, ever you know. never know. So, you know, Faith, I'm just... Hoping and praying. Me too. Hoping and praying. Take us home. (laughs) May your coffin be cozy and your sarcophagus warm. May the light of the moon keep you safe from harm. Be you vampire, spook, specter, or beast. Always remember, keep keep your your monster monster on on a leash. leash. See you next time.